Welcome to Punditocracy, Lawrence.com's politics and culture talk show. We're back from our brief hiatus, rested, sunned, and with a particularly aggressive breed of crabs infesting our poorly waxed genitalia. Itchy. Yes. So carnivorous and bloodthirsty are these little crotch devils that they've entirely devoured our co-host Galen. <laughs> All that remains of him is a skeleton wearing a flannel thong. Hopefully... Galen's desiccated corpse and grunge panty will be back with us next week. Uh, I'm telling you, that is the last time we visit Neverland Ranch for a victory orgy. While indeed, the writhing pile of marshmallow-fluffed boy meat was fresh, Latoya's hygiene left a little bit to be desired. Nancy Grace should investigate. Uh, regardless, regardless, we are back, infested, and ready to itch. I am Gavin, here along with... Anna. And Aaron. Yes. And our email is poundingthepundit at yahoo.com, and our website is punditocracy.net. And uh, yes, lordy, lordy, hail, hail, the Michael Jackson trial is finally over. Woo! Yes. That's ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Michael? <laughs> so, so, how do you feel, Michael, now that you've been exonerated? Oh, it feels great. <laughs> I. I just can't wait to get back to Neverland and invite all the kids over. <laughs> Have you learned your lesson, though, Michael? It's what's wrong with wanting to share your bed with, with young boys? I mean, it's, it's not sexual, you know? It's just not. I, I love them, and I want to do what's best for them. So you'd say and that they, your accusers are ignorant. They are ignorant. Are they also devilish? They're devilish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. I just give him some Jesus juice and put him to sleep. <laughs> and then I'll crawl in at night. Oh, 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 if only our listening audience could see the hackles that are raised on the back of my neck right now. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think our co-host Aaron was in fact possessed by the uh, disembodied it's, nose of Michael Jackson. It's like that episode of The Simpsons where uh, the big guy named Leonard <laughs> does the little Michael Jackson voice. Yeah. <laughs> That's not to say that Aaron is an overweight psychiatric patient, but... Got, Not too far yeah. off. <laughs> Come on. If you shaved your head, if you shaved your head, ate a bit more boy meat, I think then maybe you'd be there. But that's ignorant. I, don't <laughs> I just love young children, and I don't want to hurt them. <laughs> I just want to... We know what you want to you know, do. Um, we know. Fondle them with on. one gloved hand. <sighs> Sequins leave blisters. Come on. Yeah, I was always wondering, like uh, uh, the uh, uh, the sequins and the spangles on his glove. I, I think that would leave a rash and maybe some uh, abrasions. Sequins are itchy. On I just, just want to beat little boys' crotches. <laughs> beat it. <laughs> just, Come on. Yes, just beat off. Come Michael. On. Beat off. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, we beat that horse to death. Yes. All right, enough yeah. of that. Although I will say that uh, Aaron does indeed have a gift for channeling the very it's essence freaking. of the King of Pop. It's terrifying. But yes, indeed, the trial is over. Thank uh, God. And now the media, thankfully, uh, is left to covering missing white women in Aruba. They've uh, they've gone back to their true calling. Where are all the white women at? So, <laughs> in Aruba. Uh, yes, cheers to the mainstream cable media for digging so deeply into what sorority girls are doing on their spring breaks. So cheers. Uh, <laughs> but, Speaking of crabs. Anyway. It, it's crabbed! <laughs> Uh, but yes, that was just a little side note. Uh, we're just breathing a sigh of relief that we don't have to watch Michael Jackson's skeletonized face any longer on TV. 
More he, local news, though. He looked like he was on drugs or something. Yes, yeah, so no. you see him coming out of the courtroom. Yes, he, he wasn't. He, he wasn't smiling. He carried. wasn't. He didn't even express any emotion whatsoever. Uh, he's on whatever Anna Nicole's on. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Trim spa. <laughs> Seemed to work for Michael. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see how long it is before he's back on trial again. Yeah. Well, of course, you know now it's just going to be the um, the civil case will probably start. That's out. true. Which OJ was found guilty in his civil case, so we'll see if Michael goes down in civil court, which means nothing except he'll owe more money. Which he has plenty of. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, bringing it back home, though. Let's do that. <laughs> yes. Uh, bringing it back to child molesters. The Republicans that control the Kansas State Senate and House uh, have been called into a special session to try and comply with the Supreme Court's order that they properly fund public education. I believe today they, in fact, in the Senate at least, reached an agreement to meet the Supreme Court's order to properly fund public schools. However, yeah. as is to be expected, it's going to be gutted by Republicans in the Kansas House. Yeah, screw the kids. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to give them a proper education. Yes. So I, think Michael Jackson, I think Michael Jackson could give them a proper education. It's a very large, sprawling estate he has. He'd be happy to— Oh, I'm sure he's given a couple quote of— unquote, "Quote unquote hands-on learning." That would be yeah. a mala educación. Yeah. I'm sure Michael Jackson has given plenty of prepubescent boys many a life lesson in certain areas. Much yeah. in the same way that Kansas legislature did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, speaking of buggering, uh, <laughs> the the Republicans are pitching such a fit that they have to properly fund education that they're saying that the Supreme Court has overstepped its boundaries and that they don't have to listen to this nonsense and. Some of the more extreme conservative right in the House are willing to go to jail in contempt of the Supreme Court rather than uh, educate our children. So I think, yeah. you know, that that is commitment. That is commitment to a bit there. Well, it's, you know, um, it's that evil public school education. Yeah. It's not, you know, they don't teach God and they creationism. Just, they so, just teach know, them condoms. Exactly. That's all they learn. Condoms, and they learn how in math. All the story problems involve all condoms. All sorts of nasty stuff. So you know what? They don't need that kind of education. They need the Lord's education. Yes. So we're just not gonna fund public schools anymore. Yeah. Screw them. Yeah. Screw, the kids. <laughs> yeah. screw. Screw that pinko public education. They yeah. Should. All they're learning there is just you know communism and they're learning uh, abortion and if they're not educated they might be more likely to vote Republican <laughs> in the future yes uh, but I just I again I, I almost have to give props to the Republicans who would rather go to jail get raped in the ass by their cellmates rather than roll but roll back tax cuts for the rich to fund public education hmm. again that that there is really dedication your wacko ideology. <laughs> I think our tax money would be better spent on flying in phony creationism experts to uh, have sort of mock monkey trials because I think that's point. a great use of taxpayer money. Very good point there, Anna. They need to go to fancy dinners. Yes, I wonder these how, creationists. How many thousands of dollars was spent on that uh, Scopes monkey trial redux? Uh, it was. That it was, was in the absolutely tens of pointless. Thousands, I think. That, yes, it was absolutely pointless. Accomplished nothing. It was basically just a forum. Creationists got a golf. <laughs> Damn it. And I want to pay for it. That's my soundbite. So. Yes. Tee up, legislators and lobbyists. Tee up. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> again, uh, really, the Republicans rather go to jail, 
than fund public education. And uh, they're getting sage advice from Kansas's attorney general on this, Phil Klein. Phil. Uh, well, Phil's back in the news again. Yes. Do you have to wonder, uh, what role is it of an attorney general to get involved with the legislative body? And uh, actually, there is no business, uh, but Phil Klein enterprising uh, attorney general uh, that he but is. But we're not educated because we went to public school, so we don't know that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Phil Klein had some great, fantastic recommendations for Republicans in the House and Senate on how to avoid paying for children's education. Uh, yeah, he, he wrote a memo, which of course got leaked. Uh, here are just some of the suggestions in Phil Klein's memo to Republican right-wing corporate hacks. First, amending the state constitution to keep the court from closing schools. Uh, also, addressing the court's concerns that parts of the current school financing formula promote inequity, basically moving the goalposts and redefining. Uh, coming up with a legal definition for what constitutes a suitable education <laughs> rather than leaving it to the courts to decide. Uh, commissioning new cost studies to offset the offsided findings and the studies done by consulting firm Augenblick and Meyer. Uh, <laughs> Augenblick. Augenblick and Meyer. Schnell! And uh, having the legislature take over responsibility for distributing aid to the state's 301 school districts that's responsibility currently resting with state boards of education, and the board is the defendant in the lawsuit that the Supreme Court ruled on, but the legislature is not. Such a shift would force the plaintiffs to refile the lawsuit, therefore uh, an end run around the Supreme Court, ignoring uh, their ruling. And I think that's just great sleight of hand. You Phil have to Klein, admire Phil Klein is the ultimate deadbeat dad. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I'm good for the money. <laughs> But I, I love another month. Yeah, I love it. And actually, as a matter of fact, I saw in the uh, uh, Senate uh, legislation that they passed today, some of these actually made it into uh, the legislation. And uh, I mean, it's, it's just great petulance on the Republicans' part. And uh, I, I found actually some more uh, recommendations from Phil Klein uh, slashing the Supreme Court justices' tires before they can make it to the courthouse to mm. find lawmakers in contempt. Uh, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, I think so. Uh, wearing clever disguises like fake mustaches and eye patches so the Supreme Court can't find them. Uh, uh, also recommended holding their breath until they get what they want. <laughs> that would actually be okay with me. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see their faces turn as red as their bow ties. Yeah. Um, also, uh, blame the gays and say terrorism a lot. Oh, yes. they're going to do that yeah. anyway. That Gay seems terrorists. to work for Carl Rove. Gay terrorist one or two. Oh, that's the other thing that our public schools are breeding grounds for is homosexuals. Homosexual, homosexual terrorists. Homosexual terrorists. Al-Qaeda homosexuals. Yes, they have pink rocket launchers. <laughs> and, puce, <laughs> and puce car bombs. <laughs> Gotta launch those pink rockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deep into the jihad. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but also, I think this is actually Phil Klein's best recommendation. Uh, label students enemy combatants. Um, you know, there's no education problem when all the students are at Gitmo. So I think that works. Or just kill all the kids. Just gas them. But as long as they're already no born. No kids, no education problem. They have to be out of the womb before you can kill them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> then we can kill them. <laughs> then we can send them to war. Uh but yes, uh, I just think this, this this whole thing is just a great uh, three-ring circus, watching the Republicans flail uh, and try to twist their way out of it, trying to blame the Democrats. The Democrats 
aren't even a political party in Kansas anymore. They're mostly no. just a footnote that has some token represent. It's kind of like the House of uh, Lords in the British Parliamentary. You know, it's just kind of it's cute to have them around. <laughs> you know, just they were like, little wigs paying respect to uh, their uh, uh, their heritage, but. Uh, they're trying to pass this off on uh, Sibelius, even though Sibelius doesn't make the laws. They're trying to pass it off on the, what, 10 Democrats in the state Senate. I think public schools are fine, though. When I went to school, only four or five of my classes were in unair-conditioned trailers. I mean, yeah, it's, it's okay. I think there was only, you know, maybe about 10 books that were, you know, published in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> History books. That the only... Soviet <laughs> Union. <laughs> Uh, History books, it only went up to World War One, <laughs> <laughs> The Crimean War, actually. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I was talking about the tax breaks earlier, that if they had not been enacted in the early 90s, there would be no school financing problem. A report was recently commissioned, one that Phil Klein would like uh, thrown out and a friendlier auditing firm to come in and do. But uh, Friendlier. Yeah, yeah. Hint, hint. <laughs> but uh, when the economy was booming in the 1990s, this is from the Journal World article, when the economy was booming in the 1990s, lawmakers were generous with tax cuts that mostly benefited upper-income residents and businesses. No. The result is a, is a tax structure that is more reliant on regressive taxes and places the highest tax burden on those Kansans least able to pay them, the report says. Uh, but yes, uh, even taking into account sales and cigarette tax increases adopted in 2002 to shore up a sinking budget, the annual loss of revenues from tax cuts handed out by the legislature in the 1990s is running about $800 million per year, budget experts say. And that $800 million is almost exactly what the Supreme Court is mandating be spent to properly fund education. So cheers for the uh, upper income tax breaks. Yeah. God bless them. They wouldn't have given that money to schools anyway. That's true. That's actually a good point. They would have found something. They would have gone on junkets or whatever they go on. Regreening the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is uh, local Republican shenanigans. Uh, let's move on to... Those are crazy. I know, those are crazy Crazy mix-em-ups. <laughs> Zany and wild. It's like vaudeville, but tragic, and it makes you want to cry. That kind of vaudeville kind of is like that anyway. Mm -hmm. But on the national scene, of course, the uh, the sort of big political shitstorm that was stirred up last week were uh, Dick Durbin's comments on the Senate floor in regards to Guantanamo Bay. And uh, he was citing a FBI report. He wasn't pulling this out of his ass or a thin air or uh, making it up on Fox News or something like the Republicans <laughs> are, uh, want to do. But uh, he cited a report from the FBI saying that detainees in Guantanamo Bay were often chained to the floor often rolling around in their own feces and urine, and uh, sometimes suffering from hypothermia or exposure of some kind to the elements. So it's like they were in public school. Yeah. <laughs> if only we could properly fund Guantanamo Bay, we wouldn't have these problems. More tax cuts. But, <clears throat> yes, Dick Durbin then went on to say that if you were not told that this was the American government and the American military perpetrating these abuses on detainees, you'd think that it was repressive regimes of Stalinist Russia or Nazi Germany or Pol Pot's Cambodia. And yes, he inartfully worded it. However, his point was still valid. However, this stirred up such a hornet's nest and Republicans were just so aghast that Dick Durbin would attack our brave troops like that, uh, that 
eventually Durbin, after a week of relentless pressure from both Republicans and uh, weak-kneed pansies in his own party, had to apologize on the Senate floor. And uh, yes, uh, Republicans are so much above the fray on this. Uh, what, are your, what is your take on Durbin's comments, Aaron? Um, well, I guess I have um, a, probably a little different uh, point of view on uh, Guantanamo Bay and these comments. First off, I don't think these comments were very helpful at all. Um, it seems like just about any time a Democrat opens up his mouth, it's going to be um, used by Fox News and other right-wing talk shows as, you know, fodder. Bantha fodder. Bantha fodder. fodder. <laughs> so I don't know that in, especially with Howard Dean's recent comments, I'm not sure if it was such a good idea for Durbin to make these comments. Um, I. I also have to believe that, you know, comparing, I understand that there have been some abuses going on at Guantanamo Bay, but I think it's really out there to compare um, a few isolated cases of prisoner abuse in Guantanamo Bay to the horrors of Nazi concentration camps, to the horrors of Soviet gulags. I, I don't even think that you can compare the two. Um, they probably compare more closely to regular American prisons. Well, that's honest. well, that's the other thing too. Um, you know, another thing that some of the more left-leaning uh, Democrats will argue is that there's a number of people in Guantanamo Bay that are innocent, um, who were just sort of rounded up um, during our initial drive into Afghanistan, and that they are abused on a regular basis. Well, go up to Leavenworth Prison, and I guarantee you, there's people in Leavenworth Prison that have been wrongfully accused and are innocent in there. And I can guarantee you that there is probably regular abuse of prisoners in any American prison, not just by guards, but by other prisoners as well. Um, That's very true, but at least they get a trial. Most of the detainees in Guantanamo Bay, we don't know who they are. We don't know why they're there. Well, no, we do know why they're there. They're there because they were, well, they were rounded up in Afghanistan. Because they were Arabic. Well, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, they're there because they were captured on a battlefield. They had guns. They were shooting at U.S. soldiers. I mean, it's not like they just went into some town in Afghanistan, just rounded up all the locals. <laughs> Actually, there's some shit. evidence that that happened. Well, uh, but again, said, we don't know because they won't let the United Nations in to determine this. Uh, uh, and in fact, I believe it came out today that the U.S. in the United Nations Human Rights Council has admitted that there have been uh, violations of human rights at Guantanamo Bay, although like you, they insist that it's an isolated instance. However, they're not allowing the United Nations in to verify any of this. They're saying, trust us. Because there's probably embarrassing photos again. Yeah. See, that's, that's why this hasn't become more of an issue like Abu Ghraib did, because you know, there's no sexy photos. There's no, there's no Lindy England as poster child for degradation and sexual torture. But. Well, I would also say this about Guantanamo Bay. Um, you know, first off, a lot of the, well, I guess first, you know, the, people don't really talk about some of the things that we are doing to accommodate prisoners in Guantanamo Bay. For instance, well, we feed them chicken. Hear, hear me out for a second. <laughs> I've heard that instance, so many times for Republican lovers. But we feed them chicken. Feed for them what are they bitching about? Give for instance, <laughs> their dietary needs are taken care of. <laughs> Not just so they hear me out. Oh, okay, just hear me out. I just laugh at that. They are, they are, given, they are given Korans. <laughs> They are allowed to pray. Um, again, of course there are isolated cases of abuse, but at the same time, 
you know, this kind of goes back to should we be able to torture prisoners to get information out of them? A lot of our successes on the war on terrorism have come from information from these prisoners in Guantanamo Bay. We've got a lot of high-level Al-Qaeda leaders from information by these prisoners in Abu Ghraib. I'm sure there are probably many other things that we have learned from these prisoners through various means of persuasion. You don't really think that torture is a good means of evidence extraction, do you? It's almost always turns out to be that whoever's being tortured or uh, quote-unquote interrogated forcefully. Well, here's the kind of torture. <laughs> always gives the interrogator the information they want to hear. Which, it's so not, it almost always it ends safe? up being unreliable. So in the end, it's actually more damaging to our efforts in the war on terror, and it's actually, in fact, uh, endangering our troops because they're being fed faulty information. I disagree with that. I think there is, uh, well, it is proven that we have captured some very, very high leadership um, Al-Qaeda members through information. It is also one example, uh, I believe it was 2002, um, when we caught um, an Al-Qaeda member who it appeared uh, was going to set off a dirty bomb in Chicago. Um, that, again, was information that came from prisoners in Abu Ghraib. Also, some of the uh, means of uh, interrogation, you know, when you say it's torture, well, you know, it's not like we're si it's not like we're sitting there cutting off their hands and their feet. A lot of uh, the methods they use are throwing you into a room and blasting, um, you know. Heavy metal Christina music. Aguilar. That's Christina right, Aguilar. Christina Aguilar, Which, that's right. Which I think is torture. The more that's I think torture. about it. Come on, you can't deny that's, that's not torture. Christina Aguilar music, that goes well beyond the Geneva Convention. But at convention. least the prisoners know that they are beautiful, no matter what they say. Kelly Clarkson, I think you could probably argue that that is just forceful interrogation. <laughs> that just kind of skirts the line of torture, but ex-Tina Actually, I think that goes well beyond. But uh, yes, the uh, the information glean has, of course, been so successful in bringing Osama bin Laden to justice. Thank goodness he's in prison right now. Oh, wait! But according well, to Osama CIA Chief Porter Goss, oh, we have an excellent idea where he is. That then leads to the question, why aren't we getting him? Because he's not answering his phone. They keep leaving <laughs> messages. But I, actually, I'm glad that we're having this discussion. And, we should, and this should be the larger discussion about Guantanamo Bay. But... Uh, unfortunately, Dick Durbin's comments and the controversy surrounding it completely shifted the focus from Guantanamo Bay and was strictly about the Nazi comparisons. Republicans all of a sudden running around like little girly men, like uh, little uh, 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 petticoat <laughs> clad women uh, screaming, hey. oh, goodness. Uh, they use Nazi analogies again uh, until Durbin was forced to retract. But of course, I have here in front of me a wonderful list of Nazi comparisons in the past from Republican leaders. Ken Melman, uh, RNC chair, Republican National Committee chair, defended an ad that contained footage of Adolf Hitler interspersed with images of Democratic leaders, including Al Gore, Dick Gephardt, and John Kerry. White House confidant Grover Norquist likened the estate tax to the morality of the Holocaust. Uh, Boy. Those and, are all perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And it goes on and on. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, James Inhofe, senator from Oklahoma, said that a vote for John Kerry was like a vote for Hitler. <laughs> and so, and again, and 
Of well, course. So, so what? It John, still doesn't matter. John Kerry did not have the charisma of Hitler. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, That's true. Unfair he, he did. He was not quite the charismatic <laughs> leader. I'm just, I'm just pointing this so, out. I mean, so what? So they made some comments. Durbin still shouldn't have made the comparison between Nazi concentration camps. Nobody no, he shouldn't should have. compare Nobody, anything to Nazi good. camps. There you should be have. just a moratorium on all Nazi <laughs> comparisons. Yeah, and, and I wish that both sides would in fact agree to this. However. For some reason, when Democrats speak out, like Howard Dean, like Dick Durbin, they're uh, pilloried. They are publicly censured by the media. However, Republicans get held to me. Oh, oh, these crazy Republicans. They're just showing what spine they have in the war against terror. But when, but when uh, Democrats try to stand up for themselves and they, they try to fight back using equally heated rhetoric, oh, whoa, beyond the pale, beyond the pale. And in fact, the media, the media is complicit in this because they, in fact, say, what the hell was Durbin thinking, more or less, in their editorial okay. slants. However, when uh, James Inhofe says that a vote for Kerry is a vote for Hitler, uh, uh, everyone's, <laughs> all those Republicans down in Oklahoma. Man, that's the liberal media for you. Yeah, I know. Uh, I hadn't heard that particular one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it was an, uh, it's a good one. I'm trying to find the exact quote on this. Uh, Yes. Uh, the Oklahoma Republican added, the world has certainly turned on its head uh, that we Americans must look to Russians for speaking out strongly against tr irrational authoritarian ideologies. Uh, a vote against... Bo oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I retract. It was not in Hoff. It was the other Oklahoma senator, Tom Cole, who claimed a vote against Bush is a vote for Hitler. Ah. <laughs> he said it was one of his radio ads. So in essence, saying that a vote for Kerry is a well. vote for Hitler. Yeah, but yeah, Bush, it, it Bush goes on. Bush is keeping those Jews safe. <laughs> Good for Bush. Yeah, but again, that does speak to the level of partisanship that is in Washington right now, and how divisive Bush's policies have become. And in fact, when he campaigned as a uniter, not a divider, he's gone out of his way to try and drive that wedge in using heated rhetoric and the Republican Party at large. However, again, when Democrats try to do it, slanderous, beyond the pale. But I don't know. Yeah. Is, is, is this just a I think much ado about nothing? Well, kind of. Or is I this... mean, I get, I get a little tired of the rhetoric on both sides. Both sides are guilty of it. Both sides, it's, especially in the last couple of years, it seems like they just make stupid comments that yeah. they shouldn't make. It doesn't do anybody any good. What our leaders in Washington should be doing, whether they be Democrats or Republicans, is trying to work together to solve some of the problems that we face as a nation, not sitting there slandering each other. Yeah, and I both sides do it. I was disgusted by what Carl Rove said the other day. Mm -hmm. Is but I'm also disgusted by the comments of Durbin. Um, I'm also disgusted by some of the comments that Howard Dean has made. Um, oh, disgusted by what Howard Dean? What is so well, disgusting about? I guess Howard I Dean's probably he's sort of annoyed <laughs> by the <laughs> annoyed. That's that's, yeah, that's fine. If you want to say that's fine, but. I think um, we should bring back canes so they can just beat it out of each other in the civil oh, war. Back, like like back in the, the civil war, days. yeah. Like, yeah, that like, was before then, even. No, it was during slavery discussions yeah. leading up to the civil war when uh, senators were caned. Uh, on the floor if they the did that, we wouldn't have to sit through all these stupid comments. Yeah, yeah just throw up steel cages and hot oil. Let him wrestle it up. Uh, I'd love to see Robert Byrd in a thong, <laughs> wiggling like a greased eel. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. But uh, but yeah, I mean, just back to the point. I mean, just both parties should try to tone down this sort of rhetoric. All it does is just further divide the American public, either for the left or the right. Um, and unfortunately, anytime a Democrat or even a Republican, for that matter, opens their mouth and makes stupid comments, the media is all over it. 
More so on Democrats, though, I would argue. Well, I would agree with you on that as well. More so on Democrats. But at the same time... Although here's the reason why that happens is because the Democrats uh, feast on their own young. They turn <laughs> against each other. They they start criticizing, like when Howard Dean came out with his comments that the Republican Party was mostly white Christians. Uh, you had Joe Biden and John Edwards come out and say, oh, he doesn't speak for me. He doesn't speak yeah, for the rest of the party. But and, that's but, because they have political aspirations. They don't want to well, no, appear but, as if they are on Howard Dean side of the Democratic it's because Party. Because they're lame. But but the when Republicans just, do that, yeah, and lameness, it, it, people like Joe Biden and John Edwards and Joe Lieberman are in fact lame, especially when it comes to not supporting their own party. But when Republicans make these sorts of comments, they rally around. They form a unified block, like Carl uh, Rove's comments, which I'll get into later. Um, the White House has actually come out to support what he said. They're not distancing themselves. All the rest of the Republican leaders are saying, well, Carl actually makes a very good point. Well, whether you like the Republican Party or hate the Republican Party, they are strongly united in their cause. That's true. Supporting their issues. Uh, The Democrats, one of the big problems with the Democratic Party, one of the reasons why they can't seem to get anybody elected to anything, is that they don't know what they stand for. There's a huge divide right now between... Um, I guess you would say moderate Democrats and left-leaning Democrats. <laughs> Right-leaning um, Democrats. Even, I would say, even the uh, war on terrorism, there's a divide even there. There's some people that, you know, like, for instance, Joe Lieberman, who, um, you know, agree with the war in Iraq, or at least supported the president when we went to war with Iraq. Then there's some people that, you know, are in the complete op- who don't even think that we should have gone into Afghanistan. Take... Um, Dennis Kucinich, for instance. <laughs> yes, please take Dennis Kucinich. <laughs> Although here's the interesting thing about Kucinich, that he recently co-sponsored a bill in the House, and I forget the Republican's name, but well, the same Republican that lobbied to change French fries to freedom fries it, in the Capitol cafeteria has teamed up with Dennis Kucinich. <laughs> that's wacky. To, oh, really? in, yeah, they've introduced legislation in the House uh, asking that the president set a timeline for the war in Iraq and set benchmarks for us to follow so we know maybe when our troops might be coming home. The guy who railed against uh, French fries. That's like a wacky buddy comedy. Yeah, and he's teaming up with the guy who proposed a ministry of peace. Yeah. (laughs) That went far, didn't it? (laughs) I know. But I I think this shows why the Republicans are lashing out so much and trying desperately to get back to the war on terror because they see what's happening in Iraq and they know that there is huge public discontent with the way that the war is being waged right now. Oh, and it's, is. it's dragging Bush down in the polls. You can't just cut and run, though. I mean, you can't set up. No, nobody's a saying table. that. Nobody's saying that. Dennis Kucinich didn't even say that. Uh, but this is why the Republicans pounced on Durbin's comments and just were relishing with glee. Yeah, and they were so concerned about his comments being damaging to our troops and how it's uh, providing sucker for terrorists that they decided to put it in ads and uh, plaster it all over the internet. That's ridiculous, though. I mean, to say that these comments are hurting U.S. soldiers in Iraq or giving, um, I guess, how do they put it? um, Actually, let's go to Karl Rove on this. Let's go to Karl Rove on this. Let's get to the, uh, the exact inflammatory comment that uh, just happened Wednesday. Yeah, I didn't hear the full. whole quote. I mean, I heard it was something that uh, liberals uh, are soft on the war on terrorism. Let me give it something to that. Let me give it to you straight now. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, here is Carl Rove speaking to the New York Conservative Party, and I'm sure New York conservatives throw great parties. 
Mm. Lots of white bread. Corpses. And crackers on the uh, buffet there. Hell, sounds like a good time. I'd like to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think you could afford the $5,000 of plate at the uh, at the dinner. Ooh. But anyway, uh, Karl Rove. No wonder the Republicans are the richer party. <laughs> but Karl Rove speaking to the New York Conservative Party on Wednesday night. Here is the exact quote. Conservatives, I don't know what Karl Rove really sounds like, so I'll just read it in my Bush voice. Well, now that's ignorant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do the job of the hat voice. <laughs> Ooh, ah, nipple pinchy. <laughs> but uh, here's Karl Rove. Conservatives saw the savagery of 9-11 in the attacks and prepared for war. Liberals saw the savagery of the 9-11 attacks and wanted to prepare indictments and offer therapy and understanding for our attackers. Uh, going on. Let me just put this in fairly simple terms. Al Jazeera now broadcasts the words of Senator Durbin to the Mideast, certainly putting our troops in greater danger. No more needs to be said about the motives of liberals, except he, of course, has more to say about the motives of liberals. Moderation and restraint is not what I felt. And mod- uh, regarding September 11th, moderation and restraint is not what I felt. And moderation and restraint is not what was called for. It was a moment to sum- is it a moment to summon our national will and to brandish steel. Moveon.org, Michael Moore, and Howard Dean may not have agreed with this, but the American people did. Carl. Yeah, Rowe. I mean that's completely. <laughs> that is so that's wow. Bullshit. Wow. I mean, no wonder this guy stays behind the camera <laughs> most yeah. of the time. <clears throat> but I think yeah, that's um. Very tough talk from a guy who looks like an overfed maggot with a comb over. Uh, yeah, thank God Carl Rove is on the front lines with our well, troops right now. It was a ridiculous comment. It's also an extremely untrue comment. I mean, pretty much ever since September 11th, the um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Republicans have tried to make the Democratic Party out to look like they are weak on national defense and don't want to fight the war on terrorism. That's just simply untrue. Hmm. Um, I don't think that there's really any Democrat yes. that wouldn't want to defend this country Maybe Dennis Kucinich. any enemy, either uh, now or in the future. Yeah. Um, uh, I think you also get, look back at Bill Clinton, look at the sort of military um, operations that he had under his presidency. I mean, he bombed Iraq twice, mm-hmm. bombed Sudan, bombed Afghanistan, the war in Kosovo. So, I mean, there is evidence that Democrats do actually use military force and do um, defend the country against um, people that want to hurt us. They just so, don't have very good language about it. Yeah, but no, according Steel. to Karl Rove, Democrat. Yeah, and I, the, the beauty of it is, is that now the Republicans are trying to clarify, oh, he wasn't talking about Democrats. He was talking about liberals. liberals. Liberal ideology. Even though he references mystery liberals. He specifies Dick Durbin, Democratic senator, and Howard Dean, right. chairman of the Democratic National Committee, by name, Oh, no, I wasn't talking about Democrats specifically, just a liberal ideology. Mystery liberals. But I, I think well, that, I heard that he was talking to the Michael Moores of the world, I think is what he said. He was like, oh, no, it's not. Yeah, even it's though, not Democrats in the House and the Senate. It's just those crazy Except for the ones I'm going to list. Uh, but even Michael Moore advocated that we finish the job in Afghanistan before moving on to it. And that was what I think most liberals were so upset about was the diversion uh, from the genuine war on terrorism to our folly in Iraq. And I think that's why you're getting all these uh, uh, flustered, blustering comments from uh, conservatives right now saying, oh, the Democrats don't support the war on terror because they don't support the war in Iraq. 
and they're desperately trying to link the war on Iraq with the war on terror because that is the only leg that the Republicans have to stand on is the war on terror anymore because obviously the economy's tanking. Uh, Bush himself has an approval rating like 26% on the economy. Has uh, it sunk that low? Yeah, it has. No. Uh, war in Iraq, he's down to about 36%. Uh, even the war on terror, his only strong suit, he's down to about 51%. He used to be in the 60s, even in January. Good thing yeah. he's got three more years. Yeah. Uh, but so, yes, this is, again, Karl Rove. He was the chief political strategist for George Bush. This is all political strategy to try and get the focus back on the war on terror, try to link Iraq with the war on terror. However, that to me seems foolish because it's not going so yeah <laughs> iraq's in the toilet right now so if you say that iraq is the major theater in the war on terror war on terror is not going so hot yeah. so that's just going to drag them down further i really don't you it, would think that the republicans would try to shift focus to i don't know domestic issues oh well, flag burning flag burning is what they're focusing on right now that passed the uh, the house again the uh, the simpsons amendment to be song sums it all up there's a lot of flag burners that have got too much freedom. We want to make it legal for policemen to beat, to beat them. Because yes. there's limits to our liberty. Precisely. I wish the writers for The Simpsons would run for office. And uh, most liberal freaks have too much power. <laughs> or something like that. Because those so. liberal freaks go too far. Those liberal freaks go too far. That's what it was. Prophecy! I knew it was something. They like, speak yeah. the truth. <laughs> the yellow-skinned messiahs. The Simpsons. But it's actually very trenchant and uh, to the point. Yes, this is all a diversionary tactic. It's a political tactic. Um, and in some respect, they're hoping that Democrats would come out and uh, highlight Rove's comments so that the focus would return to the larger war on terrorism right. and how, oh, Democrats don't have a plan like, like Republicans do, like we're doing so hot in the war on terror. In fact, uh, right. since Bush took office, terrorism... Uh, has skyrocketed around the world. It's increased like 300% just because we haven't had another attack on our homeland. You know, that's like saying Bush is responsible yeah, for a meteor not hitting the, the world. The year is young. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's still got three more years. That's, so. Yeah, it, that's really great. <laughs> like, I, We're going to take a moment to weep yeah, openly. Pardon us. Uh, but yeah, um, these comments regard to Bush's sinking poll numbers. Um, he's already a lame duck, and it's, he's not even finished yeah, with his he, first uh, year in his reelection. Well, he hasn't done anything in his second term so far. And I think Iraq people, I think, now know that we well, are— Now they realize it? Believe it or not. <laughs> um, I, I think there is a pretty realistic— um, knowledge now, I guess, of the American people that it's Iraq is, is going to— um, it's going to be long. It's going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of U.S. casualties. Um, I, but probably comparing Iraq right now to the situation in Vietnam three years into that conflict, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Yep. Um, and in fact, yeah. Dick Cheney coming out the other day saying that the insurgency in Iraq was in its last throes. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, that kind of also has comparisons to uh, Nixon's Vietnam strategy and Robert McNamara saying, oh, we're turning the corner in Vietnam, even though there is no waning in the violence in Iraq. Uh, no. And the insurgency, I mean, you 
you're not ever really going to be able to defeat the insurgency. Yeah. I mean, because for every insurgent you kill, there's probably three that sign up and join the cause. Yeah. It's just going to piss um, them off more. And it's very comparable to Vietnam as well, too, because there's so many foreign fighters coming in um, from Iran, Syria, Saudi Arabia. That it's almost it's it's almost an unwinnable battle. I mean, I just don't see any way that you're going to defeat them. Well, then let me throw this out to you, though, Aaron. Do you think that, in fact, it might be strategically better if we do start pulling out? I do don't. You, do you think that we can stabilize Iraq while we have a military presence there? I don't. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can either. Um, I don't. I think at this point, I don't think we can pull out. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, I I hate the fact that we're losing so many young soldiers over there to a cause that is, you know, not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we pulled out of Iraq right now, that country would slip into utter chaos. There would be... But is it it not in chaos now, though? Well, it's in chaos now, but trust me, it could get a lot worse, especially Mm -hmm. if a civil war erupted. Um, Also, if we pulled out of Iraq right now, too, it would be the new Afghanistan. Um, Terrorists would have... (laughs) Free reign. Although I think think Afghanistan is now becoming the new Afghanistan. (laughs) Uh, So I don't think that we can pull out. Um, I don't think that we're going to be able to pull out for a long, long time. I think, unfortunately, we're going to be there for a while. How long? I don't know. Um, Hopefully, at some point in the future, we can start thinking about reducing the number of troops and... um, creating a stable enough Iraqi army that, um, yeah. you know, they can do the jobs themselves. But Although it's hard to train them when they keep getting killed when they're waiting in line to sign up. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but yes, people in this country, and this is exactly the insurgency strategy, they want to uh, chip away at the political will of the American people. And that was the Viet Cong strategy in Vietnam, right. too, because they, they knew they couldn't win militarily. But they knew that if they dragged it out long enough uh, in an interminable stalemate that the American people would falter in their support, as they should, because nobody wants to be caught in that sort of situation. Uh, And I think actually now the American people are catching up to uh, Bush's failure in Iraq, the Bush administration failure in Iraq. And what really gets me is that they're not doing anything to try to fix the situation. We're talking about reducing troops. Actually, we should probably be increasing troops in Iraq. We can't do either, though, because we don't have any troops to spare. And we can't reduce because that would be admitting that we made a mistake. And the Bush administration's only strategy right now seems to be to say, stay the course. Yeah. Why would you want to stay the course when the car is going off a cliff? (laughs) Because that'd be admitting you're wrong. And that'd be admitting that your penis was an inch smaller. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, Iraq is um, a complete failure at this point. And you would think that the leadership would come forth and say, you know what, we're not winning this war, and here's what we're going to do to change the situation on the ground over there so that we might start winning. But they haven't even done that, which still just amazes me. I mean, when something is going wrong, you fix it. You change it. You do something different. Mm. If you're playing football or basketball and you're losing the game, you change your offensive (laughs) and defensive strategies. Or, you know what, if if you're in a losing season, you fire the coach. Exactly. (laughs) Why does Donald Rumsfeld still have a job? That's a good question. (laughs) And in fact, there's this great hearing on Capitol Hill where Rumsfeld is dragged in front of the uh, Senate uh, panel again. Edward Kennedy asked him point blank, why haven't you resigned yet? And Rumsfeld's only response was, 
I tried to resign twice, but Bush still wants me on the job. That is actually the quote <laughs> that Rumsfeld gave the answer to why haven't you resigned yet. Uh, Senator, I tried to resign it's twice. It's like that <laughs> terrible cornflakes commercial where the guy is just did he, chewing. Did he really say No, honestly, that's the exact quote. Wow. He said, I gave the president my resignation twice. He said, nope, you're doing a good job. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. See, even Donald Rumsfeld knows that he's doing a shitty job, but he can't quit. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this goes up to Bush not being able to admit any mistakes. Uh, and again, I don't know. Like, see, I just see it as the opposite. I mean, I you know, when presidents in the past have made mistakes and they come forth and they admit it and they fix the situation, usually, historically at least, their approval ratings have gone up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But no, no, he's uh, according to the political strategist, uh, President Bush's strongest asset is his... His will, his stick to itiveness, or stubbornness, or pigheadedness, or assholishness, whatever you want to call it. Uh, people, people respond to that supposedly. At least people in his base respond to that. But even now, I mean, again, his approval ratings, his overall approval ratings, uh, in the low forties, depending on what poll you're in, it, it averages mid forties, I think. Yeah, and uh, and this is largely because since. He <laughs> he spun the intelligence so wildly and lied uh, uh, so rampantly in the run-up to the war in Iraq, trying to uh, combine Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein in the war on terror. Now that Iraq's in the crapper, the war on terror approval ratings are sinking, too. Yeah. And so that's why you have uh, Karl Rove out there saying, oh, we're brandishing steel in the war on terror. Brandishing steel from Karl Rove. Yeah, like Karl Rove just served a day in his life. He just watched Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, (laughs) brandished steel. What what sort of an adolescent Conan the Barbarian mentality is that? It's like a fantasy world that he lives in. Uh, I bet he has to beg the high-priced hooker uh, who's dressed as a Valkyrie to beat him extra hard (laughs) before he can brandish steel. (laughs) Even then, it's more like brandish semi-stiff or brandish nerf. Uh, but Carl Rove. It's like those pool noodles. But yes, Carl Rove, he's making these statements because the uh, president's approval ratings in the crap. Not just because of Iraq. Uh, because oh, it has a lot of... Yeah, no. It's yeah, and like his, his domestic Iraq, policy is, is uh, sinking too. Yeah, I think Iraq is the primary reason why his numbers are so low, but... Um, you got John Bolton being uh, squashed in yeah, the Senate again. Disastrous social security reform, which was... You know, supposed to be sort of his defining issue. Of the He's going to spend time. all of his political capital on it that he'd earned, and yet he can't even get people in his own party to support it because <laughs> uh, they know that they'll old. get voted out of office right. if they supported that. Um, gas prices are still going up. The economy is still going down, um, and it's going to be three more stick years. Stick to it. Mm-hmm. Stick to it. Four yep. years of change. Uh, State of why, course. Don't yeah. change horses in midstream. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh, the 2006 elections are going to be real interesting. Because, uh, well, it just depends on what the Democrats do. I mean, quite honestly. You know, when Kerry lost to Bush, Bush's approval ratings weren't really that much higher. They than barely broke now. 50%. Yeah. So uh, I, it, really, it really depends on... How the Democrats strategize the 2006 elections? If they strategize, if they, they didn't, they are. They are time. actually, and I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to run on corruption and reform. Tom Delay. Uh, they're going to run on the economy. Obviously, that's the Democrats' strong suit. So they're going to run on Social Security. How Bush tried to gut it. And they're going to run on that, the national security issue too. 
Oh, they are because uh, they're going to run on Iraq now. They finally learned that if they call the president on his bullshit on Iraq, that they can actually win because the American people are fed up with it right. and they want to hear they want to hear something other one than what the Bush line is. <laughs> and I'll grant that the Democrats don't exactly have a uh, strategy for anything yet in Iraq, but I think it's good enough for them right now to say that Bush has no strategy himself. This is true. And, uh, and I, they're going to run on that, and I think they're going to win. I think they might take back the Senate, and they're going to make serious gains in the House. I don't know if they're going to take back the Senate. It's a long shot, I agree, but they're going to make gains in the Senate. Uh, because you also have to remember that a lot of the seats that are going to be up are in such Republican-dominated states that it would be unrealistic to believe that a Democrat could ever win. Mm. And but and here's the, the gun, gun and gods voters. Maybe at least a more moderate Republican would. Slip under the radar. They can't win somewhere. in primaries. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, just, sorry John dreaming. McCain. Sorry yeah, to break that to you. That, I have been kind of shocked by some of the uh, Republican comments um, towards uh, not just John McCain, but also Chuck Hagel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh Chuck Hagel. Yeah, Chuck Hagel. He came out and said that we are losing in Iraq, point right. blank. He said that. Uh, Chuck Hagel, for those who don't know, senator from Nebraska, Republican senator from Nebraska. He's a bit of a maverick in the John McCain mold. Uh, and he's often criticized. He's a Vietnam vet. I believe he's on the Armed Services Committee, and so he knows what he's talking about when it comes to uh, wartime, and uh, he has been a frequent and vocal critic of the president's policy. Uh, up until now, he's been saying, I wish we had more specifics from the White House. Right. I wish that we could admit that we've made mistakes and we can change course, but now he said that we're losing unless we do something drastic yeah. right and now. And I, I was just amazed by some. I, I don't have any of the quotes in front of me, but um, just utterly amazed that a lot of Republicans are turning against those two right now, yeah. which, you know, you would think that the Republican strategy would be to try to get a more moderate candidate, uh, especially to run in 2008, because you would think that that'd be their best shot. Nope. Uh, they're going to rely on the Karl Rove strategy of whipping up the religious fundamentalist base. So they're going to go with somebody along the lines of Sam Brownback, who will be yes. running. Uh, I don't or, think Sam Brownback is going to be the presidential. He won't. He won't be. He won't be himself. But they're going to go with somebody more in line with him. Uh, George Allen, uh, uh, senator from Yeah, George Allen. Uh, is Tennessee. Dick Cheney going to run? No, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> God, no. He's fat and bald. Yeah. Uh, That's all that really matters. Uh, McCain will run. McCain will run. Uh, actually, Chuck Hagel might run, too. Uh, yeah, McCain-Hagel ticket. That would be interesting, but that it would won't get through South Carolina. Possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think if uh, McCain wants to be president, he's going to have to run as independent. And the thing is, is that if he did run as independent, he'd probably win. Yeah, he would. Uh, yeah. And I wish he would. But uh, he has to remain in office in Arizona. In order to do that, he has to remain a Republican. Uh, oh, Rick Santorum wants to run, too. Oh, really? Yes, although Rick Santorum is actually the most endangered uh, Republican in the Senate, and uh, he might actually get kicked out of office Well, uh, next good year. luck to him. Get all that frothy lube. Yes, uh, so now he can pursue his, uh, his uh, Santoruming uh, <laughs> good, in the private sector. Good luck to him. I hope his presidential aspirations are 
go really yes. well. Yes, I hope he becomes the poster child for the Republican <laughs> Party in 2008. It'd be a nice poster, too. <laughs> but, you know, also 2008 depends on who the Democrats put up. And yeah, I it. hope they don't put Hillary up because nobody's going to vote for her. Yeah, I think they're going to put Hillary up, and I think she's probably going to lose. I don't know. Again, it depends on who Hillary runs again. But uh, I think Hillary has the same appeal that George W. Bush did in that she has fervent support in the Democratic base. Yeah, but you and- talk about firing up the Republican base. Running well, oh, look at what George Bush did with the Democratic oh, base, though. I that just wasn't would, strong enough. I think you would see more of the Republican base come out. I mean, you have to, I believe there was a poll that came out that said that 45% of Americans would rather eat broken glass than vote for Hillary. <laughs> Although I, mean, I bet you could see the same number with Bush well, uh, in 2004. Well, when there's that much hatred towards her, it would, it would be foolish for the Democrats to run her. And I think that uh, you would see the Republican base built up bigger than it ever has been bigger than in 2004 i don't know i think she could build enough of a consensus uh she has she's had plenty of time in the senate in new york to moderators in fact she's hawkish on iraq uh she's moderated her position on abortion uh she's actually been very smart about most of her political positions however the one thing that she needs to work on is that she's just not very likable when you she's, see her on TV, you just eh. she's got a lot of baggage. She's got not just under her eyes shrill, either. A shrill speaking voice, which is superficial, but yeah. people do. Mm-hmm. Well, the Democrats need she to go speak out well. and find a governor, a younger governor who is a very good public speaker, has a clean record. I actually have somebody that I would back who fits that mold: Montana Governor Brian Schweitzer. Uh, he got elected by a wide margin in Montana, which is one of the most Republican states. It's purpling now, but uh, not, <laughs> not, Democrats not because it there. has blue balls, <laughs> but uh, purpling means it's trending from red to blue, and it's, it's, it's becoming more evenly divided between Democrats and Republicans. This guy, he used to be a farmer. Uh, he has a plain-spoken demeanor. He wears bolo ties, for God's sakes. <laughs> wears cowboy boots. Uh, he's a conservationist not an environmentalist he's a conservationist conservationist. does he have political aspirations for 2008 Uh, he's been very cagey about it which means Uh, that he actually might run if there's enough uh grassroots support which he's building a lot of online right right now so he could be uh the next howard dean except with more uh, of a moderate appeal appeal. well that's really what i look forward to him Uh, what's his name again brian schweitzer just getting a name to look for (laughs) I just think that if the Democrats do something stupid like run Hillary or if they try to run Biden or something oh, like man, that. Man, Kerry just... wants to run again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Talk about suicide. If Kerry, if ran Kerry again, wins, he's not going to win the wouldn't. nomination. That's, that's not going to happen. But that is just such hubris that he's running again. I think Al Gore has a better chance of getting the nomination and winning than John Kerry does. Oh, yeah. John. In fact, yeah. I think Al Gore's become more of a sympathetic figure in the years since, since he, 2000. Since he ate a bunch of Hagen dazs and grew a beard. He did kind of balloon, didn't he? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> He's sad. almost as fat as Corey Haim is right now. <laughs> oh, Haim ate Feldman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, ooh. Feldhaim. <laughs> the two Corys. We're running close if the to Corys, If the Corys would only run for office. <laughs> if only there could be a political coalition a of, aging, of aging, drug-addicted child stars. I think that America could rally behind that. Because uh, <laughs> we can sympathize. Yeah, I'd vote for that kid from Eight is Enough. Uh, Nicholas? Yeah. That little wiener? I believe he's a meth addict right now. Uh, but anyhow. Yes, I, I believe we've kind of... Uh, 
wow, man, we've been speaking for that long. Oh. Well, yeah. Uh, sorry about that, listening audience. I <laughs> hope we didn't uh, waste your day. It put the babies to sleep. <laughs> we have such soothing voices. <laughs> uh, but things that don't suck. Who wants to go first? Aaron? I'll go first. Zombie movies don't suck. Zombie movies. I, Land of the Dead came out today. I look forward to seeing it this weekend. Um, I think this weekend, too, I have... Uh, Herbie that, fully loaded. I, Lindsay Lohan, nearly a zombie. Almost undead, yes. Yeah. I have Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, and Dawn of the Dead. All on Sweet. DVD. I think I'm going to watch all those this weekend. And apparently Land of the Dead is... A direct sequel of all three of those. Yes, it is. Oh, it's within so. the George Romero zombie universe. Yes. Zombieverse. Speaking of which, just have to say that the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead. It's excellent. Great Good. movie. Good movie. As, if you like 28 Days Later, see Dawn of the Dead. A- in some ways, I think Dawn of the Dead is a better film, but... I don't, I don't, I don't want to stir up too much controversy they're with that comment. Good. Yeah, they're both they're In they're the both zombie good. community. Yes. <laughs> Anna... Well, I was going to do something else, but I was reminded that uh, Kansas University researchers say that they have a compound that can be used as a male birth control pill, oh, which sweet. is excellent. Exactly. Everyone says no, no, no. that. Okay, sorry. In 1998, all the news reports were saying, oh, by 2004, they're going to have male oral con- contraceptives or comperceptives <laughs> if you're in the younger g- school group. But uh, yes. Gagorshin. <laughs> it will awesome. minimize gagortions <laughs> right. if there's a male birth control pill. I think that they should put it into all of the school lunches. Yes. Put, no, in fact, beyond that, like, like fluoride in the water. Just drop it in the water <laughs> supply. Uh, although does, men don't drink much, put it in beer. How would that work? A male birth control pill? It just lowers it just, sperm it, count. It, yeah, temporarily it inhibits sperm, sperm production. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So any it's reversible. So if you decide you need to go make a bunch of little babies, babies. and I have to stick up it. for irresponsible men here for a second, before I am one. Uh, <laughs> it's been said for so many years that oh, men would never take the uh, uh, male contraceptive. Oh, they're, they're, yeah, totally exactly. Yeah, what is the single man's greatest fear? But an out of wedlock pregnancy. If I, if you could, if men could do anything to avoid that, they will. They and would they, love and this the oral contraceptive. Having to get snipped too, right? Yeah. And every now and then, you're going to have a girlfriend that's lying to you about birth control. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> so if you know, if both sides of the uh, relationship right. or, or uh, <laughs> plan plan to trap boyfriend aborted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great onion headline there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my thing that doesn't suck. Um, I don't know if anybody's heard, but the House in a politically motivated jihad against PBS was about to slash $200 million from its funding because Bill Moyers actually did real journalism. Therefore, PBS as a whole, uh, Big Bird, Elmo, et al., were screaming homosexual liberals. Elmo's a commie. You've seen what color he is. He is red, yes. Uh, and so the Republicans in control of the House decided they wanted to slash PBS's funding uh, by $200 million. However, there was such an outcry uh, uh, between uh, from uh, housewives and uh, Muppets. <laughs> the Muppets they were, they were rallied. They their arms The Muppets wildly. rallied. Yeah, their, their sticks uh, were elevated. But uh, <laughs> the House relented because it was just such 
awful, awful publicity that they were trying to kill Sesame Street. Uh, that funding was restored, and it was a small victory for rational, level-headed people. So it, it was such that does not suck. That the the whole argument that PBS was too liberal. Yes, because of Bill Moyers. Bill, yes, Bill Moyers and a rabbit who visited lesbians in Vermont. I'm sure Buster visited some shit kickers somewhere too. Yes, <laughs> uh, but also Batman Begins doesn't suck. Great film, and Enron, the movie doesn't suck. However, we have been rambling on. More than enough. You have been listening to Punditocracy on Lawrence.com. You can email us at poundingthepundit at yahoo.com or visit our website, punditocracy.net. Uh, this has been Gavin. Anna. And Aaron. And signing off, we bid everyone a fond adieu.